carving a strong vocabulary allows you to do the thing that 50 plus years of social science tells us is the key to well-being. Make meaningful connections to others. Hello and welcome to Nick's Knack for Neologism's episode 44, where we define and discuss the most amazing words in the English language. Last episode, we covered assuage, capricious, ostentatious, and disingenuous. And in this episode, we're covering acumen, substantiate, compunction, and berate. Before we start our new words, let's do a quick review of last episode. We had assuage, and our mnemonic was ass usage in the toilet brings relief. So which of these five words most closely relates to assuage? Satisfy, selective, slim, sophisticated, or sincere? Satisfy, selective, slim, sophisticated, or sincere? We would say satisfy because to assuage something is to bring relief to it, to calm it, to satisfy it. Then we had capricious, and our mnemonic was capricious car prices. So which word most closely relates to capricious? Envious, enormous, erratic, excellent, exquisite. Envious, enormous, erratic, excellent, or exquisite. We would say erratic because to be capricious is to be unpredictable and likely to change. Then we had ostentatious. Our mnemonic was ostentatious, and we thought of people doing stunts. So which word most closely relates to ostentatious? Extravagant, efficient, evasive, energetic, or enormous? Extravagant, efficient, evasive, energetic, or enormous? We would say extravagant because something that is ostentatious is showy. It's over the top. It's needlessly classy. It catches our attention. And something that is extravagant certainly catches our attention. Lastly, we had disingenuous. Our mnemonic was disgenuine, as in not genuine, insincere. Which word most closely relates to disingenuous? Imperfect, incredible, imminent, impartial, or indirect? Imperfect, incredible, imminent, impartial, or indirect? We would say indirect because to be disingenuous is to shy away from the truth, to be evasive and indirect. All right, let's move on to our new words. We will start with the word acumen. are really passionate individuals, but they always lacked for-profit business acumen. They'd never run real businesses and they could never scale efficiently. The leadership capacity, the technical uh, acumen exists in the countries where we've been working so that they will continue. We wanted to have the ingredients, but we also wanted to have the acumen because it's one thing to sell those ingredients, but you have to be able to teach people how to use them. Acumen. A-C-U-M-E-N. Acumen. A-C-U-M-E-N. It's a noun and it means cleverness and sharpness, shrewdness. So if you have acumen, you are intelligent. 
You know your way around and you are strategic. And so I felt rather self-assured that uh, my intellectual acumen had, had kind of picked up on that and probably a lot of people didn't get the song because they weren't as smart as me. You often hear of political acumen and someone who has political acumen might be someone who knows how to manipulate people, someone who is charming, charismatic, and knows how to get people to do what he or she wants. Acumen is a good thing. It's what you want a leader to possess, to be clever, to be sharp, to have intelligence and practicality. The way we can remember this word's definition is to think of IQ men, acumen, IQ men, men who have high IQs, IQ men, intelligence, acumen. So who of these four people might we describe as having acumen? The toddler playing with his toy blocks, the violinist playing a difficult musical piece, the wide receiver who always drops the ball, or the laborer digging a hole. We would say a violinist playing a difficult musical piece might be described as having musical acumen. Which of these five words most closely relates to acumen? Incompetent, comfortable, abrupt, judgment, or remarkable? Incompetent, comfortable, abrupt, judgment, or remarkable. We would say judgment most closely relates to acumen. All right, here's a harder one. Which of these five words most closely relates to acumen? Powerful, perception, plausible, profuse, or productive? Powerful, perception, plausible, profuse, or productive. You might have said powerful, but we would say perception because to have acumen is to, at a minimum, understand something. And we might say perception precedes understanding. Sheep require shepherds. Sheep are renowned for lacking mental acumen. Even if you're looking for just something unique for those 24 months, something that will add even to your clinical acumen. It allows the company to provide the management acumen and it gives them a financial engine to get the results we all want to see. All right, that's the word acumen. Our mnemonic was IQmen. Let's move on to our next word, which is substantiate. Well, that's a plausible theory. We have very little data to substantiate it, and some data that's coming in recently suggests that it's not happening. No, primarily because you know we hear a lot of uh, overheated rhetoric, but not a lot of facts to substantiate it. What I'm persuaded to, to think about is, can we produce some data with alternative calendars that would substantiate our goals? Substantiate. S-U-B-S-T-A-N-T-I-A-T-E. Substantiate. S-U-B-S-T-A-N-T-I-A-T-E. It's a verb, and it means to provide evidence for something or evidence of something to support, to prove. But we can't find anything to substantiate this claim. So we might tell the judge we were at the bar when the crime was committed, and he might reply, can you substantiate this claim? And we will say, yes, check the phone record, and you'll see our cell phone was pinging at that location. 
We've substantiated our claim. Our best friend might tell us Santa Claus most certainly exists, and we might reply, how do you substantiate the purported fact that Santa Claus exists? And our friend might tell us how there were footprints around the chimney, the cookies she left out overnight are gone, and there's now presents under the Christmas tree. She has attempted to substantiate her claim about the existence of Santa Claus. We can remember this word's definition by thinking of substance and substantiate. Substantiate almost looks like the verb of substance. So to substantiate something is to give it substance, to provide proof of it, to find evidence for it, to substance size it, to give it substance, substantiate it. Who often is required to provide substantiation? A prosecutor, a teacher, a driver, or a locksmith. Who might be required to provide substantiation? A prosecutor, a teacher, a driver, or a locksmith. A prosecutor is often required to provide substantiation. Which word most closely relates to substantiate? Imperfect, verify, abstracted, realistic, or necessary? Imperfect, verify, abstracted, realistic, or necessary. Verify most closely relates to substantiate. Here's a harder one. Establish, educated, entertaining, equal, or exuberant. Pick the word that most closely relates to substantiate. Establish, educated, entertaining, equal, or exuberant. This one's kind of a tough call. I feel like there's at least two answers there that are pretty good, but we would say establish because to substantiate something is to establish its truth, to establish its credibility. They can say whatever the hell they want on the air. They don't have to justify it. They don't have to substantiate it. They don't have to back it up with any kind of facts and figures or statistics at all. And we ask people to believe based on the evidence that substantiate the claims of Jesus. Like what evidence? And so for us, you you accredit the expert and then you take the evidence that that expert produces and you pass it to somebody else and you say, be critical about it. Have I had said something that I can't substantiate? All right, that's the word substantiate, and we thought of giving substance to something. Let's move on to our next word, which is compunction. Others might have secretly agreed, but he had no compunction about saying it straight out. I have to make decisions because there are folks out there who are genuinely trying to kill us and would be happy to blow up this entire room without any compunction. When individuals are willing to die and they have no conscience and compunction about killing innocent people, they are hard to detect. Compunction, C-O-M-P-U-N-C-T-I-O-N. Compunction, C-O-M-P-U-N-C-T-I-O-N. Compunction, it's a noun. And it means remorse. It's that feeling we have when we realize we have done something wrong. Compunction. They didn't have any compunction about uh, questioning free blacks and asking that free blacks had to actually carry papers with them showing who they were. So anybody could be accosted. And we've all seen this scary criminal who lacks 
compunction, who, after found guilty of a violent and horrible crime, feels no compunction whatsoever. That is the definition of a psychopath. In fact, if someone asked us to substantiate this claim that a certain criminal is a psychopath, we might say, ask the criminal if she feels any remorse, any compunction for what she did. And when she says no, we have substantiated our point. Compunction. This is the bad feeling we have after we've done something we realized we shouldn't have done. So a way we can remember this word is by thinking compunction, come punch me. Compunction, come punch me because I feel really sorry for something I've done. Come punch me because I feel really sorry for something I've done. Compunction. All right, which word most closely relates to compunction? Murky, languid, abject, or conscience. Murky, languid, abject, or conscience. We would say conscience because to feel compunction supposes in advance we have some sort of moral conscience. Who is most likely to feel compunction? Here are four choices. A walrus who hasn't swam in the ocean for the past few hours. A nun who intentionally lost her virginity after having a few drinks. A police officer who writes a ticket for someone going 20 miles per hour over the speed limit. Or a banker writing a check to a customer without any money. We would say the nun who lost her virginity is most likely to feel compunction. Which word most closely relates to compunction? Sweltering, sympathy, suspicious, strange, or scandalous? Sweltering, sympathy, suspicious, strange, or scandalous? We would say sympathy most closely relates to compunction. If Democrats unilaterally disarm and say, well, you know, we're, you know, we're holier than Caesar's wife and we won't say or do anything that might raise a question, there is no compunction on the other side. They were not offering out of compunction or out of compulsion, but they were doing so because they were so moved through the spirit of volunteerism. And so Wall Street breathes people who have no empathy to go in there and to make decisions and make trades that they have no compunction about and no thought whatsoever as that what they're doing might affect their fellow human being. All right, that's the word compunction. And we thought of come punch me because I feel really sorry for what I did. Let's move on to our last word, which is berate. And the reason you're going to do this is that you're human. Therefore, do not berate yourself for doing what humans do. And if you remember back to my little scene in the kitchen, after I yelled at my kids, the first choice, the first thing I did, my natural reaction was to berate myself and get angry with myself. Whatever you do, don't congratulate yourself too much or berate yourself either. Your choices are half chance. Berate, B-E-R-A-T-E, berate, B-E-R-A-T-E. It's a verb and it means to scold someone, to reprimand them, chide them for doing something wrong. But a lot of people don't love it so much. They in fact berate it. They call it stupid and worse. 
believe me. So we're in the supermarket and we see a kid put a piece of candy in his pocket and his mom immediately grabs him by the ear and yells at him to put it back. She has berated him for putting the candy in his pocket. Some episodes ago, we covered the word castigate, and I'd say castigate and berate can be used interchangeably. Not too long ago, I was actually berated by a coworker of mine for documenting on a patient whom I wasn't, quote unquote, assigned to. I had to remind her I could document on whomever I wanted despite her assignments, and yeah, the conversation got pretty heated pretty quickly. You can imagine being berated by a coworker, another grown person, and wondering to yourself, what is going on right now? So how about you? When was the last time someone berated you, and how did you feel? Berate. We can remember this word's definition because if our friend shows us a B-rated movie, we might berate them. If our friend shows us a B-rated movie, we might berate them. All right, so pick the word most closely relating to berate. Mindless, abnormal, furtive, scold, or judgment. Mindless, abnormal, furtive, scold, or judgment. We would say the word most closely related to berate is scold. All right, pick the word most opposite of berate. Most opposite of berate. We have complete, combative, comprehensive, chide, chubby, or compliment. Complete, combative, comprehensive, chide, or chubby. We would say the word most opposite of berate is compliment. The things that would normally cause you to get really tightly wound or explode or berate yourself or other people, you will then start to spot before you have the reaction. These individuals that are engaging in road rage are the same individuals that will berate a, a server for some you know, minor error in their meal, the same person that will you know, lash out at their children because they didn't clean their room when they were supposed to. All right, that's the word berate. Let's go through our four words and review their definitions and mnemonics. Our first word was acumen, and we thought of IQmen because acumen means sharpness, shrewdness, intelligence. Then we had substantiate, and we thought of substance almost as though the word substantiate was to give substance to something, to prove something. Then we had compunction, and we thought of come punch me because I feel really sorry for something I've done. And lastly, we had berate. If I show you a B-rated movie, you might berate me. You might scold me. That wraps it up for Nick Snack for Neologisms episode 44. I hope you found this episode helpful. If you haven't already, please leave me a review on iTunes. It helps others just like you, just like you, just like you, just like you, find my podcast. And comments, suggestions, questions, or if you just want to say hello, you can reach me at nxixcxk at gmail.com, nxixcxk at gmail.com. It's my first name separated by X's. And yeah, thanks for listening, and I'll see you on episode 45. Bye-bye.